first team reps for Tyrod Taylor. Plus, what's going on with Kenny Galladay? And we revisit a topic that we haven't talked about really in several weeks. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Giants podcast. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. I'm Patricia Chena, your host. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. We have a uh, jam-packed show to discuss. We have uh, basically three different topics I want to cover. We're going to talk about Tyrod Taylor getting some first-team reps, which uh, head coach Brian Dable spoke about. Um, What's going on with Kenny Galladay? And we're going to revisit a topic that we haven't really talked about in Gosh, it's been weeks, I would say, but uh, it's something that I think is going to be uh, come up for discussion before too long. And I'll tell you what that topic is as we get to it. That'll be in segment three of the show. But first, I want to first send out congratulations to the New York Giants, seven new members of the Ring of Honor, four uh, current players who, or I should say four players who are still with us, two players who um, have passed and longtime trainer Ronnie Barnes were part of the seven-member class uh, for the Ring of Honor. And the four players that um, are still with us, Rodney Hampton running back, Otis Anderson running back, Joe Morris running back. You see a theme there? And, and this guy I'm really happy for because I know he wanted to get into the Ring of Honor for the longest time, and it would have meant so much to him, and he's finally getting his opportunity. Big old Leonard Marshall is getting in the ring of honor defensive lineman, a big instrumental player on the 1986 Super Bowl team, just a sweetheart of a guy. They're all sweethearts, hearts of a guy, but, but Leonard in particular wanted it so bad. So he's going into the ring of honor along with Morris Hampton and Otis Anderson, who's also a terrific guy. We've had him on the podcast before and uh, the two legacy giants who unfortunately aren't with us anymore. Kyle wrote, and uh, Jimmy Patton, uh, they will be represented by their families. So the Giants will hold their Ring of Honor ceremony on uh, at halftime during the uh, Dallas Cowboys Monday night football game at MetLife Stadium. So it's going to be great. It's going to be juiced up to see those those uh, legends on the field and at halftime and uh, something you probably are not going to want to miss. So I wanted to send my congratulations out to those gentlemen. Um, for, you know, representing the organization as well, you know, as well as anybody through their respective careers. All right, let's get into today's topic. Topic number one, and this was the big one. Head coach Brian Dable mentioned that uh, Tyrod Taylor might get some first team reps. All right, now, as soon as that came out, right away, you just knew what the headlines were going to be, especially considering that Daniel Jones, the, the starter, has had ups and downs during training camps, has just been, you know, he's, Daniel's been Daniel. So uh, right away, everybody wanted to know, hey, coach, you know, what's the story here? Does this reflect on Daniel? And Dable was quick to say, no, it doesn't. And, um, 
you know, here's basically a summary of what Dable said uh, regarding a potential decision. Now, it hasn't been announced. It hasn't been formalized. We don't know when it's coming or if it's coming, but here's what Dable kind of um, explained. He said that, um, you know, a backup quarterback needs to be ready at a moment's notice because you never know when, you, when you're going to be asked to go in. And uh, Dable, in, um, you know, preparing the team for every possible scenario, apparently is going to spring it on Tyrod Taylor when he least expects it. And he stressed that um, it's not a reflection of Daniel Jones. And, um, you know, it's just it's just an opportunity to see how Tyrod Taylor is going to respond. But, you know, here's the thing. I think um, as much as Dable was trying to avoid a con- quarterback controversy, I'm not saying the Giants have one, but here's the thing, you know, I get it that a, a backup quarterback has to go in a, on a moment's notice, but backup quarterback also, you know, if the starter's not available for any length of time, has to go through a week of preparation and be prepared to start and play. So I don't know if that's in the cards or if they're just going to, you know, give Tyrod Taylor a series or two with, with the starters. I'm not sure exactly what the plans are, but, um, you know, there's so much more involved to, you know, this, this whole quarterback thing. And we, we heard from Tyrod Taylor, I think it was last week or it might've been a week before. And Tyrod said, you know, look, I always prepare like I'm going to start always. Well, yeah, yes and no, you know, because if you're going to start, you obviously take most of the reps with the starting unit. And uh, if you're not going to start, you don't take most of the reps. So there is a little bit of a difference there. Now, you know, what does this mean for Daniel Jones? Again, I don't think it's stable trying to send a message to Daniel Jones. I know some of you will disagree, um, but it's going to be interesting because what happens if Tyrod Taylor does get reps with the first team and looks better than Daniel Jones? Will we have a full-fledged quarterback controversy developing in East Rutherford? Well, that's certainly a possibility. Um, again, it all depends on how Dable's planning on handling it. Um, so we are going to actually hear from, uh, from offensive coordinator Mike Kafka on Thursday. He's going to speak to the media along with the other coordinators. And um, I'm curious to see what he has to say if anything, about what the plans are. But uh, certainly an interesting development. You know, the Giants tried to downplay it, but, you know, Daniel Jones has, you know, to be fair to Daniel, he has worked hard at learning this offense and running the offense. But, you know, you watch him go through it and it just seems like the same problems keep popping up in his game, holding the ball too long, um, looking indecisive post-snap read, at some point, you know, you, you got to see the guy take a step forward. And at some point, you've got to say to yourself, is this, you know, the best he's going to be able to give you? I don't know the answer to that. You know, look, I'm hoping Daniel Jones pulls it together and proves that he could be the uh, franchise quarterback of this team for many years to come. I'm not 100% sold on that just yet. Now, could he change my mind? Absolutely. But right now, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I, I'm just not sold on it. And um, 
you know, I, I get what Dable's trying to do, but I can't help but wonder if maybe, just maybe, that's going to open up a little can of worms um, regarding the quarterback situation, especially if Tyrod Taylor ends up outplaying Daniel Jones with the first team offense. So it's really going to depend on how many snaps they give him and what he does with those snaps. It'll be interesting to see. Like I said, Dable didn't come out and say, oh, I'm definitely giving Tyrod Taylor first team snaps, you know, first quarter, second drive, you know, or, or anything like that. But um, I can tell you all eyes are going to be on um, probably the game, on especially the first half of the offense, which is where I believe the starters are going to get the majority of the snaps in the Sunday's game against the Bengals, who, by the way, are playing their backups. So the field will be even for both Jones and for Tyrod Taylor, as it was, by the way, last week against the Patriots. All right, coming up next, folks, what's up with Kenny Galladay? Well, Kenny Galladay spoke to the media on Tuesday, and we'll recap a little bit, and I'll weigh in with a few thoughts on that. So that's coming up right after this. Hey, business owners, as you gear up for the fall, you need the right people on your team to help make your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job posting in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so that your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back, Giant fans, to the Locked On Giants podcast. I am Patricia Trainer, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, basically, today's show, we're just talking about, you know, some key topics that came out of camp, uh, the most recent camp practice, which is on Tuesday. Now, as you're watching the show, you're probably seeing the show on Wednesday, most of you. And the Giants are off on Wednesday. There is no media access, no player availabilities, no Zoom call, none of that. But it's never an off day for us here at the Locked on Giants podcast or over on Giants Country where we're posting all kinds of cool uh, topics, including an article on uh, three uh, players who were cut, part of the league's um, roster cut down from, eight, from 90 to 85 that might be worth taking a look at. And speaking of, you know, roster cutdowns, for those of you who didn't know or maybe were too busy, on Tuesday, NFL teams had to cut their rosters from 90 to 85. The Giants were at, uh, I think, 88 at the time. Um, They had to cut three guys, and they did. And they cut the three guys early enough in the day, which um, just I want to mention real quick, but the three guys they cut were um, Heslop, the, the defensive back, uh, Austin Prohl, the wide receiver and son of former NFL receiver Ricky Prohl, and the one guy that kind of surprised a lot of us, fullback slash tight end slash slash H-back, uh, Jeremiah Hall. Now, that's a guy that kind of surprised me because I thought after Andre Miller suffered that broken wrist 
that maybe Hall would have a, ch- a chance at um, at a roster spot. But apparently the coaching staff felt that he's not quite what they're looking for. So they cut him. And uh, it was it was a surprise amongst a, a lot of us, you know, once we got the, the word. Um, before I get into the Kenny Galladay segment, I just want to talk real quick about the timing. Now, it's interesting. Uh, the Giants made the decision to cut these guys before they took the practice field on Tuesday. Now, why is that significant? Well, the Giants are really um, short-staffed these days because of guys who are injured. And it's so sh- they're so short-staffed, in fact, that they turned Tuesday's practice, which was supposed to be a padded practice, into a non-padded practice. And they only practiced for, I want to say, an hour and 15 minutes instead of two hours, which was, I think, on the schedule. It was supposed to be two hours. They only went an hour and 15 and uh, they went with, you know, primarily seven on sevens, you know, didn't see a whole lot of, you know, team stuff. So it was interesting because a lot of people are like, well, if you need the, the guys for to run a practice, why are you cutting them now? And I'll tell you what, I thought um, the intent behind or, or the method behind the madness, so to speak, really speaks volumes about, you know, the, the classy way that Joe Shane and Brian Dable are trying to run the football operations. Basically they felt, you know, look, let's do right by the players. Let's, you know, why bring them out here knowing that we're going to cut them and have them risk an injury or anything like that. Let them, you know, start getting on with their lives, maybe um, start trying to find a new team, get a a heads up before, you know, the, the league starts to flood with all the transactions. So I just thought that was pretty cool on their part. You know, a lot of, a lot of teams don't do that. Um, Shane and Dable, you know, they're, they're clearly showing that, that this is a people first business for them. And, you know, wherever possible, they're going to try to do right by the players while also, excuse me, while also trying to do what's in the best interest of the organization. So kudos to them. All right. Now onto our main segment, what's up with Kenny Holiday? Well, if you've been following the tweets and the practice reports and whatnot, you know that Kenny Galladay, the Giants' $72 million receiver, just hasn't quite looked sharp. I mean, let's let's put it bluntly here. He hasn't looked good. He hasn't looked consistent. He's had days where, you know, you've gotten a glimpse of what he could be, but a lot of times you watch him and, and, you know, you see drop balls, you see him not making plays, and, and you say to yourself, what? is going on with this guy and just you know a few thoughts and then I'll talk about um something that Galladay said when he spoke to the media on uh, on Tuesday you know the contract that Galladay got for what it's worth I don't want to it's not his fault now I'm not trying to make excuses for him but let's be real folks the Giants overpaid for Galladay to spend that kind of money on a guy that was coming off of an injury, that was just lunacy. And that contract is so horrific, folks, that I don't know how they're going to get out of it without having to take a cap hit, a dead money hit. Um, I just don't see any way out of it. I don't see Kenny Galladay finishing that contract. I would not be surprised if Kenny Galladay is not on this roster after this year. So, you know, that contract... Look, you know, if, if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I'll give you four years, 72 million, and, you know, you, you know that maybe you're not quite worth it, 
are you going to say no? If somebody basically just backs up the brink truck and offers you that kind of money. So I don't begrudge Galladay for, for taking that kind of money. I more or less blame that on the previous regime for basically breaking their, their, uh, you know, their policy, if you will, they had a, the year before they wouldn't touch guys who were coming off injuries. And last year, or, or I should say, yeah, last year, they just totally did everything they said they would never do. And it came back to really haunt them, especially, you know, in this instance. So anyway, you look at Kenny Galladay's game and the big thing with Galladay is he's always been a body catcher. You don't really see him, you know, of late at any rate extend for balls that he sh- that that are in his catch radius and that's a problem now Galladay um you know spoke to the media and he said you know look I'm my toughest critic you know I always want to catch the balls I want to I want to do this I want to do that okay great but at this point can you say a leopard's going to change his spots and he's going to suddenly go from being a body catcher to extending his hands out like he should be um, the other thing that Galladay mentioned, and this kind of caught my eye or my ear, if you will, so much so that I had to ask for clarification to make sure I was hearing correctly. Galladay made a comment about, you know, guys needing to be really smart, um, being on the same page and how, you know, sometimes they're asked to do different things in this offense. So I immediately jumped on that and I said, well, when you meet, when you say different things, do you mean Things that you haven't done before, are they asking, you know, are they asking you to do different roles that maybe you haven't done before? And he said, no, 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 different concepts. So I followed up to get clarification. I said, okay, what do you mean exactly by concepts? And not, not that I got the best answer, but, you know, because initially I thought, okay, are they asking you to do different kinds of routes that you haven't done before? Are they asking you to do, you know, play the position differently? What exactly is different? Because sometimes when, when, you know, you ask a player to do something a little differently in the new offensive system or defensive system, there's a, a uh, acclimation period for that player. And remember, Kenny Galladay did not have the spring. He, was, he missed the entire spring with a medical issue. So I wondered, you know, I said, look, let me give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's being asked to change his technique or something's changed in, in the role. And maybe he's just not comfortable yet. And he kind of brushed it off and said, no, 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 it's not that. It's just, you know, I could be doing this in one, one play. And then the next play, I got to put it out of my mind and be doing this in the, at the next play. So, you know, the, the, the response is, um, I wrote an article about it on Giants Country. If you want to check it out, it should be up. But uh, it, it was an interesting way of him putting things. And, um, you know, I like to give players the benefit of the doubt as to why maybe they're not performing like they should be. And I had wondered if that was the case, but Kenny just basically said, no, no, they didn't change my technique. You know, it's just got to be real smart, got to be on the same page, so on and so forth. So listen, take from that what you want. But um, I just get the feeling after that presser that maybe they're still not on the same page, Galladay and and this offense, you know, he talks about how great the offense is and how it excites him and everything like that, but you just don't see it. And, you know, what's that old saying? Actions speak louder than words. So not really sure exactly what's going through Kenny's mind, but the eyes don't lie. And, and folks, 
he just, I, I can't put my finger on it, but we're not seeing the Kenny Galladay that I think the Giants thought they were getting. And um, will we? Galladay, you know, obviously that's the goal for him. I don't know, though, if we will see that. I, I, I think, you know, as I sit here today recording this podcast, I don't think Kenny Galladay is a Giant this time next year. I would be shocked um, for, for more reasons than one. But, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm not a, a, a fortune teller or, or forecaster of the future. So uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll be wrong. I hope I am because that means that Galladay will have balled out. So, all right, coming up next, we're going to revisit a topic that we haven't really spoken about in several weeks, but we probably should start thinking about. And um, that topic, well, stick around and I'll tell you what it is. I think you'll want to hear about it coming up after this. Hey, Giant fans. So tell me, how many times has this happened to you? You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end, people start to head out of the bar or club. You think about calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. Well, everybody knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everybody from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think it's okay to drive after having a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm Patricia Trana. Happy to have you with us on this podcast. And um, we're just cranking right along, rolling right along. Hope you're enjoying the shows this week as we bring you all things New York Giants. Thank you for the feedback. And oh, by the way, thank you to my YouTube subscribers. We are now over 4,000 subscribers. And I think I told you the next benchmark is 5,000 subscribers. So we are well on our way. We're over 4,000 now. And thank you so much to everybody who has liked and subscribed to the channel. If you haven't already done so, you catch us on YouTube, please like and subscribe to the channel because once we hit 5,000, I'm going to do something for you guys. And I think it's going to be something y'all are going to like. So that's that's going to be the big thing. No lollipops for me at, at 5,000, no mugs, no special guests from Locked On. I'm going to get back to you, my listeners and my viewers. So uh, if you're watching on YouTube, if you that's, that's how you get the Lachlan Giants podcast, please like and subscribe and click that little bell for notifications. Every time we post a new uh, episode, a short or whatnot, you will be the first to be noticed, to notify. All right. Now, I mentioned at the top of the show and also at before we took our last break that we need to talk about a topic that we haven't really talked about in several weeks. And... Folks, that topic is the salary cap. Okay, now, why am I bringing up the salary cap now? Here's the thing, you know, I look at the salary cap and, and those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm really into the cap. I do a lot of cap work. I do a lot of forecasts and projections and whatnot. And you look at this giant salary cap right now. They have about 
just a hair under 5 million, I think it is. I think the number's like 4.8, 4.9. And you say to yourself, how are they going to get through the season? All right. Because think about it, folks. They're going to need approximately 3 million for their practice squad players. They've got a bunch of guys who are injured that they're probably going to have to either carry or swap out because once the 53 man rosters are set and the practice squads are set, now everybody who is on, um, you know, injured reserve, obviously is going to count um, guys who get cut, who had signing bonuses, that's going to count. It's all going to add up. And the giants just don't have a lot of breathing room. Now they will get some breathing room. If certain moves are made, like for example, if Darius Slayton isn't on this roster, they'll get about 2.5 million um, in cap savings from his contract, but that's not going to be enough. So I started looking at the Giants um, cap figures and really there's only one way that I think right now they can potentially get themselves out of this jam and kind of give themselves a little breathing room. And then they've got a hope, by the way, that they don't have a rash of injuries where they're going to need more money because, you know, it, it, it could get really ugly really quickly. Um, the way they're going to need to get out of this, I think, and this is just my educated guess, folks, they're going to have to redo Leonard Williams. Now, Leonard Williams, I think, is one of the top paid um, salary cap hits on the Giants. General Manager Joe Shane has said in the past that he doesn't really like to have to kick the can down the road. In other words, he doesn't want to have to restructure guys to where, um, you know, he's pushing money into future years because that's how you get into trouble. That's how the team got into trouble that they're in right now. But I don't think Shane's going to have a choice in this matter right now because I don't see where they're going to have enough money. So they're, they're going to have to manufacture the money. Leonard Williams is a guy who has produced, you know, I think what they could end up doing, and I will work out the exact numbers and I'll probably do something over on Giants Country with about the same topic with the exact numbers. I think they're going to have to maybe give Leonard Williams an extra year to his current deal in order to absorb some of the money that they're going to have to push forward in order to get some of the relief that they need. And like I said, the Giants better hope that even after they do that, assuming that that's the move that they take, they better hope they don't have a rash of injuries where they got to start swapping guys out and bringing in new guys and stuff like that. Because let me tell you something, this is really bad, this cap situation. I think you all know that already, but um, you know things kind of quieted down while we're in training camp because you know, basically they've been swapping guys out at the bottom of the roster, but folks, if they have any kind of major injury, this is going to be catastrophic for the giants and, you know, make no mistake about it for all the good moves that, that Joe Shane has done in the off season with the draft class, with, you know, getting value free agents and whatnot. Can you imagine what this man's going to be able to do if he had a healthy salary cap? And it's unfortunate if he's going to have to kick money down the, the road, you know, kick the can down the road, but I don't see any way out of it. And um, it's a shame. It really is because you just go back and you look at what they did to get into this mess and, and you just sit there and you say, why, why did you take that approach, Dave? Why? 
So um, it's it's going to be interesting to see. Again, guys are going to get cut. Veterans will be cut. The Giants will recap some of the money. Um, I don't know that it's going to be enough, though, because ideally you want to have a few million. You want to have like five to seven million to get you through the season, just in case you got to swap guys out because of injuries. I'd be, you know, hopefully the Giants will be able to do that. The only way I see them doing it is with Leonard Williams. I would not touch Kenny Galladay's contract because that contract, the way it's structured as is, you know, if Galladay's not going to be on this team next year, which I don't know if he will or will won't be, but if there's a chance he won't be, I wouldn't touch that contract. Just get it off the books once and for all, if that's the direction you're going to go in. And uh, gosh, it's it, it's a mess, folks. So I'm going to be curious to see how Shane handles it. But it is a topic that I would not be surprised if they haven't started thinking about, talking about, and something that they're going to have to do sooner or later, um, you know, with the season rapidly approaching um, in, in a few weeks. So we'll see how it plays out. Like I said, fingers crossed that they don't have a rash of injuries and that all these guys that are currently banged up, there's about 20 of them or so that they're healthy and ready to go by the start of the season. I think most of them will be. Maybe one or two may not be, or, or, or it'll be a close call for one or two, but um, most of the guys who have been banged up should be good to go. So fingers crossed. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us on today's Lockdown Giants podcast. Be sure to keep it here all week long as we continue to bring you the latest on the New York Giants I want to thank you for tuning in again, making us your first listen of the day or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Until next time, everyone, have a great one. We'll talk to you soon.